on a break. We were on a break. We were on a break. We really were on a break. Welcome into the They Were On A Break podcast. We are on season three, episode 14, the one with Phoebe's ex-partner. What's up? How are you? It's Katie and Chloe. Hi, guys. I just told Chloe my life story for like an hour before this podcast. I don't know what happened. We were supposed to start an hour ago and I was just like, (laughs) never stopped. I, I never stopped speaking. You know, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. That's and not this even is sarcastic. Why we're friends. <laughs> I like looked at the clock and I was like, I have quite literally talked for fifty-four minutes, and <laughs> we haven't started. And she was even like, "Let's start later." And I was like, "No, I have stuff to do." You were and like, then "Get I, your ass out of bed, bitch." We I know, and then I like right talked now. for an hour. I was just like, like a fucking minion for an hour. I'm like, okay, now let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's what friends are for. Exactly. Bless. Bless us and bless you. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time we start this podcast, I think, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I have to I have to catch Katie up on what I did this week. And then I quickly realize that I have forgotten literally everything that I've done. <laughs> Well, it's okay. Every time I start the podcast, I'm afraid I'm going to forget your name. Can't wow. tell me why. Every single time, I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't, I don't know her name. I'll try I don't not know to her take name at all." Katie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Catherine. The other, see, I know yours. The other night when we went to dinner, I got nervous that I didn't know your boyfriend's name, so I wouldn't <laughs> say it. And I just kept saying your boyfriend. You were like that guy, that dude. that guy that you know that you lived with. <laughs> oh my god well you know do what? you have anything to tell me from your week if you can I, remember any I of do. it i do i have a couple things and all of them are movies <laughs> so <laughs> i went to see bros last night how was it heard, it was so yeah. good oh good okay this Great. is like one of the first i think it is the first like big budget mainstream rom-com about mm-hmm. a gay couple love and oh my god it was so funny you guys should definitely check it out um, especially if you like Billy Eichner because he essentially just like plays himself, which mm-hmm. I was not mad about because mm-hmm. I've been a Billy on the street fan for like six years. You know, I have questions. So he has been Billy on the street for a very long time. That's been his name. When I started at the sound with my dad, he mm-hmm. came up with this idea that I would be chick on the street, right? And it was so mm-hmm. cute and I loved it and I thought it was great. But then I heard about Billy on the street and I was like, sweetie, what happened here? Did we just copy a name? What's going on? He didn't have any idea about it. He thought he came up with it by himself. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. I have questions. So whenever I hear him, I always think about that. But I'm yes. not trying to I'm not trying to be rude, but I feel like blank on the street is like so just like straightforward that yeah. like I feel mm-hmm. like you can't really claim if okay, if you were doing exactly what Billy Eichner was doing on the street and you were also running around screaming at people and like making them play game shows and stuff like that, there that'd be a conflict of interest. Mm. I wasn't always doing that, but there were some moments where it did involve a <laughs> megaphone. I did have a <laughs> megaphone on the side of the street, and I would make people be on the radio with me. 
but it wasn't in the same fun, intense ways of, but I had never even seen Billy mm. on the Street when I had been doing it. So there was no accidental, like, I'm copying moments. Mm-hmm. It was just me out there absolutely being a fool. So, I yeah, like that but, we're laying this out for legal reasons. If mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, my any... thing that was that was fucking five years ago that I have nothing to do with now. All of a sudden, he's like, "Hey, wait a minute!" I don't think my there. I like didn't make any money off of it. Like, it's really not a problem. I did have a Subaru with my logo on the side of it, though. That That's was cute. that was that was special. That was a vibe. Anyway, back to your movies. So the other movie I saw was Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. And I swear, Katie, it changed me. It changed my life. I saw your Instagram post where you were like, I watched this movie for the first time. Sorry, but now it's my entire personality. And I laughed out loud. Oh my God. It was one of the funniest movies I have ever seen. And it's, (laughs) it's Lisa Kudrow. It was amazing it came out in 1997 so the same year that this episode we're gonna break down today came out so oh wow okay same era of lisa kudrow didn't Um, know that and mira sorvino is her her co-star they are both so fucking good so funny i saw the movie once and i remember very much enjoying it but i don't remember a single thing about it except for like (laughs) these shiny dresses and like a dance-off but i can't know i don't know if i'm mixing that up with white chicks katie we should watch this movie together and do a special episode or something yes you would absolutely love the fashion in this movie Mm. they look so hot i'm here for it so cute it's essentially about Two, like, valley girls living in Venice Beach mm-hmm. who have their high school reunion coming up. So they create these, like, fake personas. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm remembering a little bit more about it now. It's fantastic. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I True, I was high off my ass, but I think even without being high, it's still, like, amazing. So if you guys have not seen it, you should. When you go for a movie, do you do more of, like, an edible moment, or do you smoke before you go in? I'm not much of a a smoker. I usually do edibles. Really? And I don't, like, um, I don't do it, like, every time I watch a movie. Like, I've I've never done it, like, at a movie theater or Mm. anything, because I don't like being high in public. I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm afraid that I'm going to, like, get paranoid, Mm-hmm. So and I I don't get as high as I used to, but on the rare occasions that I do, I'm gonna go for like a throwback comedy movie and like take some edibles, and yes. it's always a fun time. Always, I love edibles. They are so fun. They they make me so giggly, and they make me just want to play Animal Crossing. The <laughs> issue with Animal Crossing these days, though, is that it is so soothing. That after uh-huh. three minutes of playing it, I'm like literally fighting falling asleep as I'm playing it. So I thought to myself on my day off, I was like, okay, I'm going to play it earlier in the day. 3 p.m. nap, sweetie. I was out and I woke up with my Switch in my hand and I was like, this game is so soothing that every time I play it, I'm just knocking out. <gasps> Do you know what I found out today? What? That fruit flies are living in banana peels. That they are living? Yeah, that's where they come from. 
Ew, now you've ruined bananas for me, Katie. (laughs) Sweetie, literally my whole morning was shattered for like 30 minutes because, okay, this is kind of a gross story. Like they're always there, just like lurking in the shadows? They're not always there, but they are often in the peel. So I went to get my nails done and I ate a banana on the way there. And I meant to take the banana peel out when I left, but I didn't. And when I came back, my fly, no. my my car was full of the no. tiny flies. There were like, there were like fourteen in there, and I was like, <gasps> "Did Ew. I leave something in my car that is causing all of these tiny flies?" So I freaked out at the nail salon parking lot. Had a trash bag in my car. Literally cleaned my car out there. I was like, oh, "Well, I, literally, this is absolutely disgusting." Couldn't figure out where the flies came from. Threw out the banana peel. Then this morning. I'm on the phone with my pal, and she was like, my husband just opened a banana, and a bunch of flies came out of it. <gasps> what? And I was like, why did that happen? And she said, because they live inside the peel. I'm so upset about it, I could literally cry. <laughs> I am not one to to promote injecting our food with even more ho- <laughs> hormones and more chemicals, but... I think that we should just have aerosol cans of pesticides just go over the banana peel. Get those motherfuckers out. They're living like in the tops and the bottoms of it. Well, I love a banana for a quick on my way snack. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to buy bananas for a bit. (laughs) I got two bananas and I saw fruit fly earlier and I thought to myself... I know where you came from. A lot of things, like, when she said that, so many things made sense. Because I've only had a fruit fly in my house when I had a banana. <laughs> I just, why? Like, like, like I kind of wish that I had continued to go, but I was worried about my car. I was like, because mm-hmm. there was nothing in it that was questionable when I cleaned it out. But now it makes sense. Katie, Katie, I'm so time. upset. I'm so upset. Katie, I had a friend in college. Uh oh. She gave me a ride home once, and I got into her car, and it smelled absolutely rank. Oh my god. And she goes, Hey, I don't want to freak you out, but I lost a burrito in here like two weeks ago. She goes, she goes, I literally have no idea where it went. I had a burrito in here. It's gone. Obviously, it's somewhere, bitch. <laughs> I was like, girl, burn the whole car. <laughs> like, call, call cars for kids. Call 1877 cars for kids. Get it out of here. There's the fruit fly. It came out. It came, you came out of my bananas. The way that I am going to throw those bananas out the moment that we are done with this podcast, (laughs) two perfectly fine bananas that did nothing to me, but they're older. Is that what, like when the banana, do they, does everybody know this? Does everybody know that fruit fly? I have no idea. I've never heard this in my life. Oh my God. (sighs) Katie, we need to get our minds off of the fruit flies. We got to start breaking down this episode. I don't know that I can. I might just have to go. <laughs> no episode, you guys. I'm emotionally ruined. 
But I have some very interesting stuff to tell you. I can't wait to get into it. Somebody asked me, how's your morning? And I said, it's ruined. Fruit flies come out of bananas. (laughs) Bananas are ruined. Bananas are ruined. Bananas are ruined. (laughs) Literally, though. What the fuck? Okay. All right. Tell me. Tell me the things you need to tell me to get my mind off the flies. The one with Phoebe's ex-singing partner aired on February 6, 1997, written by Will Calhoun and directed by Robbie Benson. Now, I don't know if we've talked about Robbie Benson on this podcast yet. Um, I decided we've seen his name pop up several times. You know, he's the James Burroughs of this season. We should probably look into it. Okay. And when I looked up Robbie Benson, I got so much more than I ever expected. Mm. So Robbie Benson actually started out as an actor. So he was a teen idol in the 1970s. Look him up, Katie. This man is hot. Is he? He is fucking hot. He kind of looks like... His name is Robbie Benson? Yes, I know. Doesn't sound like a hot name, but he is like a Timothy Oliphant crossover with Chris Pine. Now... The best thing that I found out is that he played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. He's the speaking and singing voice of the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. So not only does he have a hot face, he has a hot voice as well. He starred in the sports drama One on One. He starred in the movie Ice Castles. And he was nominated for a Golden Globe for the movie Jeremy. This guy, like, I was stunned. I thought he was just another, you know, TV director. He was so much more than that. Did you look him up? Yes, I'm looking at him now. This is incredible. He's a beautiful man, right? Um, no, not for me. (laughs) Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I applaud. I'm just questioning. He's a conventionally attractive man. What? <laughs> That's what you're enjoying? What are you talking about? You think look that him, man's hot? No, look him up on, look him up on Google. That's him. <laughs> are you talking about this man? Why? Where are you getting these photos? These are the so photos much? that are look underneath the, him. Look up the recent photos of Robbie Benson. He's this? old. Yes, he's old, but he's like an old hot guy. You're going to have to cut this out. This man literally looks like he's been baking in a convertible, smokes <laughs> 300 cigarettes. What are you talking about? This man is not hot at all. You have to cut all of that out. But No, he is hot. His eyes are nice. I was picturing, no offense, this is going to really offend anyone who is in the television industry. When I think of a TV director, yes, hot. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> we have different, <laughs> we have different, we have when very I, different tastes in men is what we have discovered in, on this podcast today. <laughs> when I think of a TV director, I'm picturing someone who looks like Mo Sislak from The Simpsons or like, you know, someone who just, who looks like Hank from Breaking Bad. 
I'm not. Yes, hot to Katie. Mm. You can keep showing me these things. He's hot. Mm. Not like maybe not the guy that I would go for, but from an objective perspective, he looks like one of those guys that like your middle aged aunt would be like, oh, baby. Well, yeah, I, I just didn't know castles. that you were my middle aged aunt. <laughs> I'm not saying I would fuck him. I'm saying he's objectively hot. It does say for a TV director. Robbie Benson became a heartthrob. So, I mean, he's been known for being hot. <laughs> I apparently just don't see it. I'm leaving all of this in. I'm not ashamed. And <laughs> you I can think... leave it all in. You just have to take the part where I talk shit about him out. <laughs> no, no, it all goes in. I mean, this <laughs> man actually, in this photo, he looks like... The guy that gets his legs blown off from Forrest Gump. Gary Sinise. Who, what, is, what is the man's name in the movie? Lieutenant Dan. That's who he looks like. <laughs> he does kind of look like a non-fucked up version of Lieutenant Dan. And by non-fucked up, I don't mean the legs missing. I mean, <laughs> I mean mentally. of one leg. I mean mentally, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan was fucked. I know we're already opening with the leg jokes, so we're gonna try Things to handle bad. this. You episode. have to cut out all the shit I talked about that man. You're like he's so hot, and I'm like <laughs> all over him. <laughs> this is conflict, Katie. It's a good listen. I said offensive things, didn't I? <laughs> okay, you said offensive things. This is gonna be the most borderline offensive episodes. We have to talk about a woman with no leg getting shit on by every character in this but- episode. <laughs> Oh my god, Joey's story is so funny though. <laughs> All right, Can you let's imagine get that into happening it. to you. Let's get into it. There is a new singer at Central Perk, Leslie. As it turns out, she's Phoebe's ex singing partner who abandoned her to write jingles. I um, would have never known that Tommy Pickles could sing so well. Her singing voice is fucking incredible. So good. She was actually, she auditioned for The Voice a couple of years ago. Really? Yes. You you well, can look it up on YouTube. We she's are, got a fucking great singing voice. She really does. We're and talking. And a great uh, animation voice. Absolutely. E.G. Daly is the name of this actress. Um, I, I did a little, little bit of snooping around on who she is, although I did know who she was already because right. I love voiceover so if you guys have ever seen this episode and couldn't quite place her voice she plays tommy pickles she plays buttercup in the powerpuff girls mm-hmm. she's totally a vo icon she was yep. also in uh Wee's big adventure i believe love love in a 2016 interview with Media Village, she revealed that they had filmed this episode for two days with another person oh. and then realized that uh, for one reason or another, they did not want to use that person anymore and they needed a new ex-singing partner. So oh. she raced down to Warner Brothers just like day of, she said it was super quick turnover process because they were already in progress with making this episode and she landed the role. And to, to kind of intertwine everything we already talked about, 
Turns out that she was a huge fan of Robbie Benson because she had a crush on him in Ice Castles. And she was super excited that he was the director for this episode. Well, that's fun. They came full circle. It did. I was like, oh, I got to talk about Robbie Benson before I talk about E.G. Daly. So that way it. it all comes together, baby. I love it. Now, Phoebe's Phoebe's look in this opening scene is very like 2007 like business casual to me. Mm. She's wearing this like collared shirt that has like a green and brown geometric design on it. You know who green and brown was like really big in like 2007-2008. It like Every time I see that color combo, I think of the Modern Family House, and that's what I thought of when I saw Phoebe's look. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to bring this house up, though. (laughs) That's so funny you fucking said that. (laughs) You thought of that, too? Yes! (laughs) I was like, well, I'm not going to bring that up. It's too weird. And then you said it, and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It's never too weird, baby. I was also thinking about how I hated the brown and brown combination that we went with for a while. It mm-hmm. was on Seventh Heaven a lot. The, like, youngest daughter would wear, like, a brown cami and, like, brown gaucho pants. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I hate, or, like, brown and black together. Where they would do, like, a black tank top underneath and then brown on top of it. I understand that, like, they go together, but for, there's something about it to me. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate black and brown, like, clothing together. And I think I've said it on this before because <laughs> there was a, a brown and black, like, boot. Like, and I hated that. Like, a brown skirt <laughs> and black boots or, like, brown boots and black skirt. Like, drives me bananas. I don't know why. There was a very specific shade of brown that was often paired with a very specific shade of blue Mm. that, like, really had a stranglehold on the 2000s. Like, 2004 Mm. to 2009, you're like, oh, that fucking shade of brown? I know exactly what time period this is. Yeah, okay. That makes sense, though, yeah. Like, there is a specific shade of brown that I am thinking of. If you really want to see it, you can just watch Laguna Hills. (laughs) All of the fashion I'm talking about is on this show. Wait, Laguna Beach, not Hills. Mm -hmm. Or The Hills. I'm sure it's also in The Hills. It's in the beginning of The Hills, but Laguna Beach, man, it's so much, it's so good. I love it. It's so weird. I just love it. Can we talk about Chandler meeting a woman when she's coming out of the restroom? (laughs) (laughs) The way you worded that. Yeah, we can. The meet cue in front of the restroom. And this is, in fact, the only time that we ever see the Central Perk restroom. Oh, that's true. They had to, Mm -hmm. like, build this little set just Mm -hmm. for this moment where we can meet Ginger, played by Sherilyn Fenn. Who looks like Priscilla Presley. She also looks like um, Jennifer Goodwin, that the girl with the short hair from um, Once Upon a Time. Hmm. She's very pretty. I haven't pretty. seen that. I'm going to Google her, too. Now, I do not want to meet someone outside of a public restroom. That sounds like a complete Just, nightmare. She doesn't look like this woman. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about either, though. Who is Priscilla Preston? Presley! You don't know who Priscilla Presley is? Elvis's wife? I was going to say, is this some Elvis bullshit? What the fuck? (laughs) You look at her and you tell me that they don't fucking look alike. She doesn't look like Jennifer Goodwin. 
Okay, wait, let me find a young, young... Oh, she does look like her. Thank you. Okay. Oof. Is this some dumb Elvis bullshit? Listen, <laughs> I don't appreciate Elvis and bullshit and dumb being in the same sentence. What is going on? What is happening? I love that Elvis is your, like, kryptonite. I know exactly He's how to push great. your great. Listen, was it a little bit wrong of him to date a 15-year-old when he was really old? Yeah, it was a little creepy. But other than that... It was a bit much. Elvis is great. And I was born on his birthday. And I have his middle name. You took the book. Sorry. <laughs> you actually did. Sorry. I mean, it was yeah, passive so aggressive, but I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. Okay. No, Elvis is great. Did you see the movie? Did you like it? You probably saw it and you hated it, didn't you? I never saw it. Okay. Well, go ahead and watch that movie. But you watch that movie. Maybe you'll have something else that you cried at other than the 9-11 documentary. And I no. promise you. 9-11 is my one and only. <laughs> And Marley and me. <laughs> Marley and me is fucked. And the fact that it came out on Christmas, fuck you. The fact that my Merry family Christmas, took. Merry Christmas, bitches. My, we literally dead. went as a family to see it on Christmas. What the fuck? I went to see Marley and me with my grandparents and my Nana thought it was inappropriate because of the one scene where Jennifer Aniston skinny dips. And she came, we came out of the movie theater and she was like, I never would have taken you to see this movie had I known. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because at that point, I forgot that it had even happened because well, the dog had just died. Like, what is wrong? Like, you have a body. Like, you know what naked woman is. It's not, cra- it's not crazy that you would see one. Uh, yeah, it's not like they showed some full frontal in Marley and me. <laughs> Everyone's going to see the movie for the Jennifer a- Aniston full frontal nude. Your tits are in it. I gotta go see it. <laughs> yeah. Owen Wilson hangs dong in this family <laughs> film about the laboratory. <laughs> hangs dong, not for Marley and me. <laughs> Marley and me and him. <laughs> Marley and me and a dong. Hanging dong with my dog. (laughs) My dead dog. You were the best dong. Don't let anyone tell you you weren't a good dong. Why does everyone's impression sound like Steve from fucking Sex and the City? All of my impressions sound like Steve from Sex and the City. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Well, Ginger's leaving the coffee house and she sees Joey. They've got mad history together, apparently, because he hides behind a pile of coats. My favorite is that seeing her with he moves the coats as she walks by. Like he's literally moving it and she's saying, (laughs) like, I see you, and he turns around to Chandler and he's like, shh. I laughed out loud many times at Joey this fucking episode. He was so funny this episode. I literally was laughing out loud. I feel like season three Joey so far is just like prime Joey. Like this is when they really like figured out how to make him the funniest. Absolutely. Now Mark has quit Bloomingdale's and Ross could not be more thrilled. He's so happy. He's helping him pack his boxes. He won't let Rachel hug him goodbye. Also, can we? So she's like, I'm sorry, honey. 
I have to work late again. And then Mark is like, oh, it's because of me, blah, 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 blah. What the fuck is she assisting at Bloomingdale's that this woman would have to work late so much mm-hmm. at fucking Bloomingdale's as an assistant? What is she doing? What, like, what is this girl doing at Bloomingdale's I- that they would need her into the <laughs> wee hours of the night? I know we haven't met Joanne yet, but I wonder if Joanne just keeps staying super late and because Rachel's her fucking assistant, that means she has to stay super late. Aren't there like legality things about how many hours you're there until you go home until it's overtime? Like not if you're salaried, not everywhere. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, yikes then. It depends. That's capitalism, baby. Hmm. Now, at the Purple Apartment, Monica and Phoebe play the Ouija board. I thought that it was pronounced Ouija board until like four years ago. But it's Ouija board. That's incredible. Because people would always say like, uh, Ouija board, like Mm. a Ouija board. But I thought they were saying Ouija board. And I thought that lesbian was a lesbian. Because everybody would say a before lesbian. So then I was like... (laughs) You're a lesbian. You're a, a lesbian. Like that. And I thought that until I think I was like 13. She's an a lesbian. She's a lesbian. Like that. I thought it was just like A-L-B. Like I thought that's what the spelling was. I was so super funny. shocked when I found out. So I do understand. <laughs> now, Leslie keeps calling Phoebe to ask if they can be singing partners again. And Phoebe puts the phone in the pot and then puts the pot in the oven. You know, um, that's a delicacy and blah, blah, blah. Such I a hate stupid that fucking joke. I wanted to rip my eyes out. I love this, like, backstory that they give to her and Leslie where they were, like, best friends when they were little because their moms worked on the barge. This yes. whole interaction of, oh, my God, you must have been so cute running around the barge. You never run on the barge. Who knew? Who knew? Amazing. Love that delivery. Joey comes in and is horrified to learn that Chandler is going out with Ginger because he doesn't want Chandler to find out the horrible, horrible story. And I love the way that, like, they set this up of him telling Phoebe and Monica mm-hmm. about about all of this. Like, Joey's a good fucking storyteller in this episode. He is. He is. It's great. Apparently, they dated. They went up to a cabin. They... They had a nice little fire going, very romantic. Uh, And he, you know, he threw something on the fire thinking it was a log. But it turned out to be Ginger's artificial leg. Mm -hmm. Where the fuck did they come up with that? I don't know, but it's fantastic. You know, they say... They say that, like, you know, you should bring your own personal experiences to the writer's room. I, I pray to God this is not based on a real thing. But I feel like it's one of those things where they were sitting around and they were talking about shit and they were like, can you imagine if, like, this happened or whatever? And then they, like, do it and whatnot. But in The Real Housewives of New York, one of the women has a prosthetic leg and she takes it off at one point and throws it in the middle of a party. You know, things happen. <laughs> Things happen, man. I don't know. But, so wait, did he just leave after that? Did he leave in the middle of the night? 
that's the thing. I feel like the prosthetic leg on the fire as an accident could probably be forgiven. Right. Though it's embarrassing. The yeah. fact that he literally ran away and ditched her. This woman who now has one, one leg, leg. That's the that's the terrible part. My that's brain the bad part. keeps thinking of the SpongeBob guy that yells, My leg! <laughs> god at least joey is like properly embarrassed by this yes and the story is fantastic and i mean i just i don't so what this poor woman is stuck in a cabin with one leg and and what's she gonna do about her other leg that see that's the thing is i'm imagining like imagine waking up and then you have no leg the guy is gone and then you look and your leg is in the fire like, I'm just a man, and you never hear from this man again until you later see him, like at a coffee either, house, either months or years later. We don't know. And then and he he's hides from in a you. Find <laughs> yeah, a pile of coats. I love ginger. Like, <laughs> I cannot imagine this shit. Oh my god, this poor woman. So, oh my, I know we're supposed to like. You know, I can't decide if we're supposed to like hate joey for this i don't hate him for it i think it's really funny because it was I not do too it wasn't done out of malice but that no, is it wasn't fucked. at all had it, it happened is. to me though i would be pissed <laughs> yes i think it's just the fact that he left that is the problem like i would literally wake up the person and be like put your leg in the fire sweetie um what can Sorry. we do can we call them can they send out a new leg what do we do Yes, I think the monetary issue, like, he needs to pay some reparations for her leg. Like, yeah, buy her definitely. a new leg. Something. Yeah, do do something like that. I actually would have loved if the episode had resolved that way of him, yes. like, paying her back for her leg. Yeah. Now, we are at Ross's place. I think this is, like, the second time that we get to see Ross's bedroom with his ugly-ass, like, golden brown striped sheets. And I wrote in my notes, holy shit, Ross is either totally right or totally wrong, depending on which episode you watch. In this episode, he is totally wrong for obvious reasons. Yes. The way that he brings up what is bothering him. <laughs> it's so funny. With the little fake laugh. <laughs> so funny that Mark said, see you Saturday. I just asked. I love, like, later in the scene where Rachel's like, you thought See You Saturday was funny. <laughs> and he begs Rachel to take him to her fashion lecture instead mm -hmm. of going with Mark. What is wrong with him? Like, she has been around him every single day at work thus far. And mm -hmm. nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. And we have also established that Mark is also in a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. But this will just not go away. He has to keep picking at it. But you know what? There is also a part of me, though, that it's like, Rachel, you know how he feels. Could you also maybe not at the same time? I did think about that. I, I did have this moment where I was like, okay, at what point, like, at what point does it become choosing Mark 
over Ross. her boyfriend's feelings. Right. Like, I'm like, you. he has talked about this for weeks. You can't just not go to a seminar with him. She's like, oh, well, if I don't play with Chandler and Joey, can I play with Mark? Like, it's not, it's, it is the same, but it also isn't, because I'm sure Mark would fuck her if he had the opportunity. I think, I think the big difference to me, though, is that, like, so if this was, like, an ex or somebody who had, like, you know, maybe previously asked her out or, like, had, she had hooked up with or something, then I think, like, your partner saying, like, it really makes me uncomfortable when you hang out with them, like, I think there's a lot of justification behind that. Mm-hmm. But he's only upset about this because Mark is, an, like, another attractive man, essentially. Yes. Yes. And so then it's, like, at what point does it just become controlling where, like, you're not mm. allowed to see any other men? But you it's not even I mean? any other men. It's just that, like, this guy bothers her, him. So, like, if... See, I don't know what I would do. It's hard. I see both sides for sure, especially when he answered her phone. <laughs> well, I think, too, that, like... It's just very obvious that they're not meeting each other's needs, especially mm-hmm. when they have this conversation like later when Ross is saying that he just really wants to be a part of like all facets of her life after he mm-hmm. falls asleep at the seminar and all that stuff. And she's saying like, isn't that okay? And then he hugs her and he's mouthing like, what the fuck? It's not okay. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously your relationship is not going to be good if you aren't voicing that that's not okay with you. And obviously Rachel is not meeting his needs and he's not meeting her needs. So they really do need to go. They do need to break up. Yeah, I think the Ross falling asleep at the lecture would annoy me, but I could get past that as Rachel the thing that would really bother me is that he, his defense, when she talks about how upset she is about that, his defense is basically to, like, demean what she does and what she's passionate about. Then it, like, mm. then it becomes a whole argument of, like, well, my job is interesting and what I do is cool and, like, what you do is fucking lame. Like, everyone likes Jurassic Park. Like, fuck you. <laughs> the Jurassic Park a joke, though? is so funny. I (laughs) love that joke. I love it so much. But yes, (laughs) him basically saying like, oh, working for dinosaurs is cooler than what you do is not cool. Yeah, that is the part that would bother me because that is, that's just fucking petty. Mm -hmm. Because like to me, it's like, okay, the main issue here is obviously that you're jealous and that like you're trying to control me and he is like deflecting and spinning it out to being like actually the problem is that like what you do fucking sucks. Mhm. But really the problem is Mark. Yes. Yes. That's that's what would anger me. Yeah. Um and he's not saying that it's Mark because she's like what is it? Is it because I went with Mark and he's like no, it's because I want to spend more time with you. It's because this this and that. But really, I mean, yeah, he wants to spend time with her, but he also just wants her to never see Mark again. And also, it's not like she didn't make time for him because she did invite him to the lecture. Mm-hmm. But he, like, fucking blew it. Like, I would just, I feel like if I was Ross, I would be like, yeah, you did make time for me. And I, like, fell asleep and I was distracting you. you and I didn't take it seriously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, they could have easily, like, moved past this. Um, 
But I really like Rachel's speech about it being okay that, like, he's not involved in her work. Like, I do like that she's like, hey, I, I like doing this for me. It's fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, like I think it's okay that you're not involved in every single aspect of my life. I think also, that's like that's whose healthy. boyfriend is that involved in their partner's job? That exactly. I feel like he is being very codependent, and mm-hmm. she is trying not to be codependent. But also, it's at what point is it not codependent and it's possessive? Like it's a job, dude. Mm-hmm. I think if he. If Mark had not been the one to get Rachel the job, I wonder if Ross would even give this much of a shit. I don't think so. If some random girl was at the diner and was like, oh, hey, I've heard about this job. Do you want to come and work with me at Bloomingdale's? I don't think you would have cared and you would have thought, that's great. Do your little fashion thing. Mm-hmm. I think, like, they, they did talk about it in a one with all the jealousy where... He's like, you know, I was with Carol and then she cheated on me and then she left me and that's where this jealousy comes from. And that's that was like a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, so how are you going to take that information that right. you've now realized about yourself and apply it towards like improving instead of just using it as an excuse and being like, well, that means I can fucking act however I want because like, I know why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like, nope, that's not how it works, but okay. Yeah. So I I enjoy this because I think it's a very real conflict that people would have. I feel like in sitcoms, a lot of the time, like, they don't have this much buildup to a breakup. Mm-hmm. Like, usually it's, like, everything's going fine, and then there's, like, one episode where things spin out, and someone cheats, or someone does something crazy, and then they have to, like, break up or whatever. I think in these early seasons of Friends, they, like, portray the conflicts of relationships, like, pretty realistically. I think they do, too, and I think that that's why in the next two episodes, when I watch what happens, I get so emotional about it, because they do such a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the break episodes are coming up. They are. Next week is the first I saw, part. I saw and... part one and I thought, and at first I was like, oh, I'm like sad about it. But also I'm ready to talk about it. I'm finally ready mm-hmm. to talk about the Dale question. Like, were they on a break or weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be like, this is going to be our thesis <laughs> next week. So yes. please come back for that, you guys. Bring your pens and papers. Mm-hmm. But I think this is such a realistic fight between the two of them. I do too. Now, we're at J-Man and Channy's, and Monica <laughs> Monica goes to see Chandler. She's wearing this really beautiful, gorgeous black velvet sweater that I knew you would probably dislike because it's velvet, but she looks velvet. hot. Yeah. She looks great. <laughs> this conversation is, like, fucked, but it's also really funny. Like, he's so freaked out by the fact that Ginger has a prosthetic leg. And he is, but he's also trying to not be. Yes. That's the thing. I feel like they did walk a fine line between between him, like, being his regular, like, shallow self, but mm-hmm. also he's not being, like, a straight-up dick. Yes, 100%. I do. I also we totally forgot to talk about that scene where she accidentally like 
steps in the puddle and can't feel it. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Which at my at that point though, why wouldn't you tell him? I would have loved to see that scene before the reveal from Joey. That's true. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been like oh more interesting. Okay, that's why then. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it doesn't make any sense as to why it's there if she doesn't tell him and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Why are we even watching it at that point? Well, I did wonder, like, what if, what if, like, it was a very traumatic event or something that led to her losing her leg and maybe she oh. doesn't, like, want to get into it with people right off the bat? Because mm. people are probably going to ask her what happened, especially, like, Chandler, who's is not the best at reading social cues. Possibly, yes. But I did think about that. I thought, I wonder what it would be like to have to, like, broach that conversation with, like, everybody that you date. Yeah, that is annoying. And, like, what that must be like. Yeah, that's true. I never even thought about that. I thought the she's the whole package joke from Monica was fucked up. If someone, like, made that joke about someone I was dating who had, like, a prosthetic limb, I'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm realizing something. Yes. I have a Funko Pop that's of the Beast that is signed from the voice actor of the Beast, which is the director of this episode. Oh my god, you got that Robbie Benson Funko Pop, bitch! I do, I do. It's in the other room. I do. I was looking, because I have some Funko Pops out here, and I was like, is it out here? It's like, nope. But I do have a Funko Pop of the turkey on her head with the glasses and her (laughs) green and red pants. I have that one, too. I really got into the Funko Pops for a quick second, and then I swiftly stopped. And I'm really happy that I did, because they're weird and they're kind of really pointless. And I don't understand, like, why do I need the square thing that looks like something that I like to take up room in my apartment? What's going on? I don't understand. (laughs) But I do. uh, Someone did give me the uh, signature of the Beast, Yes, that happened. Okay. Just wanted seeing, to share that tidbit. Seeing the boxes of the Funko Pops all lined up is very aesthetically pleasing. It is, but say. it's also like, oh, you're one of them. You got the, <laughs> you're you got a the Funko, Funko bitch. Pops. All right. I see. I see. I do love Chandler's line here where he's like, hey, where's your leg? Every so often it's like, hey, where's your leg? Which I was like, I mean, that's kind of like fucked up, but that's really funny. <laughs> Like, it's the kind of, I feel like that kind of humor is, like, it's the kind of thing where, like, you would probably never say that, like, in public to a group of people, but, like, with your friend, you would make, like, an off-color joke, like. Exactly. Like that, about Mm -hmm. someone you're dating. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, we should also talk about, like, Okay, so they've moved past this, right? You know, she's at his house. I'm presuming he made dinner or something like that. Yep. Which Ginger, I mean, I guess just getting men to cook dinner for her left and right because Joey talks about the fact that when they went to the cabin, he cooked for her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have this whole conversation where she's like, you're thinking about my leg. I gotta know how much it bothers you. Cause like, I'm not wasting my time if you're gonna give me some bullshit about my fucking leg. Mm-hmm. 
And then the tables turn because she ends up dumping him for having a third nipple. (laughs) This line where he's like, you need to leave now. And she's like, it's nubbin. Nothing. (laughs) I cannot believe it. Oh, man. It is so funny. That is very funny. Uh, This is a great episode. My thing about like... I feel like this only happens in sitcoms. Like, she, that was cold as fuck. She immediately leaves. Mm-hmm. Immediately. There's no and way. And then when she leaves and the door shuts behind her, she goes, ugh, as she runs off. She's, like, grossed out. She <gasps> is grossed out. Like, I feel like in real life, if something like this happened, you would probably be like, okay, I'm not interested anymore. I'm not going to have sex with this person. And then, like, you would continue the date, and then you would just, no, she like... she ran away from that thing yeah. like a zombie was chasing. <laughs> like, it was coming to get her. What the fuck? Like, there is no way that you can, like, play that up. Like, she was just fucking rude straight up. That nubbin was like, dunna, dunna. It was like Jaws. Like, it was getting her. It was coming after her, and she had to leave. I feel like she has kind of been a no-bullshit person throughout this entire episode, though. She She, really has, though. She stuck to her guns. She called Joey out as soon as she saw him. Yes. She straight up told Chandler, like, let me fucking know now if I need to dump your ass. Like, I kind of like Ginger. Oh, I love Ginger. I love Ginger. I'm a Ginger fan. Nubbin, <laughs> nubbin discrimination aside. I... Nubbin or nothing, you know? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so funny. Um, we're back at Central Perk and Leslie and Phoebe are back together, bitch. They're singing their Sticky Shoes song. They've decided that they are, they're going to play together again. But Leslie immediately steals smelly cat from phoebe Mm -hmm. and pitches it to the ad agency and Mm -hmm. phoebe's like yo you gotta choose it's between me and the smelly cat jingle Mm -hmm. and next thing you know the smelly cat is a jingle for a cat litter commercial Mm -hmm. you want to hear a little smelly cat fun fact absolutely i do remember the music video yes that was her singing as well she was used before this episode we just didn't know it. It was only her voice. Who, E.G. Daly? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. It says here Daly was also the dub singing voice in Phoebe's music video for the same song in an earlier episode. Claims IMDb. Wow. Yeah. If that's true, she is a fucking rock star. We love it. And she should have been on the When I think about it, it does sound like her, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, wow, she has more rights to Smelly Cat, I think, at this point than the Lisa Phoebe Kudrow. does, and she doesn't even know. <laughs> I love Phoebe's uh, Jingle Bitch Screwed Me Over. Go, go to, to hell. hell, Jingle Whore. Go to hell, go to hell, go to hell. I sing that one so much. Also, something that I found that was interesting when she was singing the Smelly Cat jingle to her partner. She did the same riff that the other woman did when she was teaching it to her. And Phoebe said, no, I don't like that riff. But then she mm-hmm. did it in the so- I was like, you literally told that other bitch in the last episode that you didn't like it and you just stole it. 
She just didn't want to like Stephanie. That's true. She did not want to like her. I love that you can remember their names. I'm like, that other broad. Well, I remember Stephanie knows all the chords. <laughs> okay, yes, that's true. <laughs> if you sing something to me, I will remember it. All right. <laughs> I can remember then. musical stuff. Noted. Noted. <laughs> um, what do we think about this move by Leslie? That she used the song? Yes. I feel like I'd be contacting my lawyers. Yeah, I wonder, like, could she not take legal action? She definitely could, but Phoebe would be the type to be like, you know what, I don't wanna. I'm good, whatever, I just hate her now. She didn't even want to be paid by that soda company when she found the thumb. Like, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> this bitch does not care about money. No, she really doesn't. But, yeah, definitely a bitch move on mm-hmm. <laughs> on Leslie's part. I mean... Get your coin, girl, but, like, jingles? Like, you're gonna throw your life away for this? Mm. Girl's desperate. My God. Truly, my goodness. Um, And in our last scene, Purple Apartment, Chandler got his nubbin removed. <laughs> Two nipples, no waiting. <laughs> I think it's stupid, though, that then... Monica makes the slut joke about Rachel and he's like, my nipple, it was all my powers. You just made two nipples no waiting. You just made a fine (laughs) joke. Why are we immediately assuming it was your nipple? God, annoy me, Chandler. Jesus. I love two nipples no waiting. I want that to be a band. (laughs) Like, it's... (laughs) That's a great band name. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, next week, we're going to have to deal with the crumbling of mm. Ross and Rachel. I think I'm ready, though. I think I honestly am I'm ready for this. Now that we've seen the buildup, it's like, okay, we got we to gotta get a healthier balance yes. for these two. Yep, definitely. Uh, what were your titles for this episode? I have the one with the log on the fire. I toyed with doing the one with the leg on the fire, but I, no. And then I have uh, the one with with Jurassic Parka. Nice. (laughs) The way he even like moves with the jacket too when he's making the joke. It's very funny. Uh, and the one with the magician box mix-up. I just really liked when Phoebe made that <laughs> joke about the magician box mix-up. And uh, those are my titles. They're not strong this week, but they're there. I love Jurassic Parka. It's good. I love that one. I also forgot that Phoebe had mentioned magician box mix-up as the name <laughs> of one of her songs. I fucking love that. I want to hear it. Um, I have I have four for this week. Oh, she was overzealous. I have the one with the lecture. Okay. The one with two nipples, no waiting. D- literally, yes. Love that. Uh, the one with the bathroom meat cute. Okay, yes. And my personal favorite, the one with jingle bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I really like jingle bitch, but I think I like two nipples, no waiting better. <laughs> I think that's where my heart lies. I don't know why, but I think that was my favorite joke of the episode. <laughs> it was really fucking funny. So you have a right to feel that way. And I feel that way about Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, where can everyone find you, Katie? You can find me everywhere at Little Baby Kate's. Where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. 
I, I was thinking about last week how I'm so annoying and I literally always say it like that and I can't not because that's how I say it now. I don't know how it started but it happened naturally and now I do it and it's so annoying and I didn't I know if it. you even noticed it and then you just mocked it and I really had a good giggle. <laughs> Find me on Instagram and TikTok at cuckoo for Cloclo Puffs. Feel free to leave us a rating and review. We will read them on the podcast and share this with all of your friends who also love friends. Two nipples, no waiting. (laughs) Two nipples, no waiting. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.